0: Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast where we talk about all things eating disorder recovery, autism, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I'm your host, Livia Serra, and my mission is to inspire individuals from across the globe to live a life in which they feel fulfilled and free from limiting labels. I am so excited to have you here and cannot wait to dive into the episode. Baby I am so excited for this episode because I have so much to tell you my friend and I honestly don't even know where to start because my life is like so hectic right now but at the same time I feel like I am going on a huge adventure and that's because I totally am and I'm positive you know what I'm talking about you know That feeling of being like really anxious, but being really excited at the same time. It's almost like there's so much uncertainty that the only way to deal with it and cope with it is to just be thrilled. I mean, I don't even know if that makes sense, but anyways, that's how I'm feeling right now and this episode is just going to be a deep dive into all the feels and I just want to take you with me on these fuels and with me on this journey because, well, honestly, you're already on it. So just buckle up and join me for the rest of the ride. And this is actually. The very reason why I've been loving the podcast so much is that I really feel this deeper connection with you that one just doesn't get on Instagram or YouTube or any of these social media platforms that are all about followers and subscribers and how many likes you get. And again, you probably know what I mean because comparisonitis is a real issue and it's such a shame because we are all so unique and no one has the special combination of qualities that only you possess but i'm getting off topic here i digress hey that rhymed um <laughs> what well, my main point here is that i feel podcasting allows me to be super authentic with you and i don't feel like there's any expectations tied to it like on these other platforms with like how many times a week you have to post and how often you have to be engaged with your audience i mean It doesn't make you doubt whether or not you should be on your IG stories, or if your hair looked good in that video, or if your reels got enough reach. I mean, podcasting doesn't make me doubt all that. Podcasting allows me to feel like I'm just having a chat with a good friend. So, with that said, good friend, I wanna tell you about all the things that have been going on with me from how I'm approaching my big move to where I decided to book my flight to and what I thought was really bad news actually turned into an incredible gift. Okay, so you know how when people ask like, I have good news and bad news, what news do you wanna hear first? I always say the bad news because it's always better to end on a good note, you know? And I'm always about Ending on good notes. So let's start off with the not so nice news that prompted me to embark on the adventure I am currently trekking. And that news is that moving internationally is fucking expensive. And I truly believe it was my young naivety, even with all the wisdom I've acquired throughout the years, the thoughts that It couldn't be that bad when other people (laughs) warned me how expensive moving is. I mean, with everything I've gone through, I've learned that people will always project their own fears and their own worries on you, even if this is completely unconscious, and most of the time, they even have a good intention behind it. They say it because they quote-unquote love you, because they quote-unquote are worried about you. But the issue with this, even how kind it seems, especially as a highly sensitive autistic person, is that I often would internalize these fears or worries and then not take action because I was so fearful and worried. Because what if that horrible thing happened that they warned me about? What if I fly to California and realize that it's fucking expensive and then what if I won't be able to make enough money? What if I end up going and feeling so lonely and miss my family? What if I start a podcast or commit to recovery or pursue my passion as my work and what if I fail? To that I have to say, yeah, what if? Why aren't we asking the questions... What if it's amazing? Or what if it's better than I ever imagined? Or what if recovery is actually going to be the best thing that ever happened to me? Or what if this decision, whatever that decision may be for you, is going to make me a happier and better person? We often feel the worst because we can't imagine the best. And we can't imagine it because it doesn't exist yet. But, unfortunately, many people never end up seeing what their best is because they're so damn afraid of failure. They're caught up in these what-ifs that they choose the quote-unquote safe and secure options, such as staying at their 9-to-5 instead of pursuing their passion, or in terms of recovery, choosing to stay sick and choosing to not commit to coaching or buying that course or treatment or therapy or any of the things that could possibly help you. They choose not to commit to these things out of fear that they'll feel empty without their eating disorder or out of fear that recovery will be too hard. Whatever the case may be, We choose the familiar options because we're afraid of the unknown. And from a biological perspective, it makes perfect sense. Our brains do not like change. There's a reason we're called creatures of habit, because our brains work on the basis of habits. And to just dive into that and unpack that, habits are our brain's way of increasing its efficiency when we don't have to make as many decisions and our daily habits become automatic we have more energy left to do other tasks and looking at thousands of years ago this meant more energy to hunt and seek food and do all the necessary tasks to survive because yes doing all those tasks takes energy so energy that could be saved the brain would the body would save it so In today's current day and age, we may not have to do all those things, but our brains have not changed much since then. You know how hard it is to kick a habit. It's the reason why people have such a hard time quitting an addiction. It's the reason why... Night owls stay night owls and it's the reason why the early birds stay early birds and the reason why eating disorders and other mental health issues can go on for so long because what they come down to is actually habits or bad habits. After consistently conditioning our brain to make a choice, whether that be exercising every day or not eating or any of these eating disorder behaviors that are hard to stop, our brain has attached an automatic switch to these routine behaviors, so it no longer has to spend extra energy on them. In contrast, when us humans try to change, our brain has to work overtime to form new neural pathways, which takes energy. I actually talked about this in my Biological Importance of Extreme Hunger episode, that every task the body execute costs energy, from breathing to having your heart beating to cellular division, even the things you can't see, it all costs energy. And that is why recovery can feel so exhausting mentally, not only physically, but mentally as well, because what you are practically doing is trying to saw away the old connections in your brain and build new ones from the ground up. I mean, it's much easier to continue riding a bike while you've already got momentum than learning how to do it for the first time as a kid, right? Yeah, starting something new, learning something new from the very beginning, that costs a lot of energy because you first have to kind of get over that hurdle before building momentum and before having something become a habit that becomes easier. Are you currently experiencing extreme hunger and do you feel that you're becoming a binge eater or perhaps you are constantly thinking of ways to deserve food or make up for it or you just feel overridden with gut-wrenching guilt every time you eat something unplanned or miss a workout? If any of that resonates, you are in luck because I am interrupting my very own episode to tell you about my one-on-one coaching program one of my favorite quotes is that your mess will become your message and my coaching program was really born out of that i created this program after being told that i was a hopeless case by a clinical psychiatrist over six years ago i thought there was something wrong with me and that i was simply uncurable but I quickly learned that I wasn't the only one being pushed aside by their doctors and healthcare providers. It was the system that was failing patients, not to mention how most treatment centers or insurance companies only support those who fit the eating disorder stereotypes. As the years went on and I finally dug myself out of the deep hole the eating disorder had created for me. I continued to hear horror story after horror story from clients being disregarded and being labeled as too complex by the so-called professionals. In the traditional healthcare system, it really is unfortunate that you fall between land and ship when you're dealing with more than one mental health issue, and you're often told to first quote-unquote fix the other issues before they can help you with tackling your eating disorder. But it does not work like that. An eating disorder never stands alone. So why should you? My promise when it comes to coaching is to guide you on the path to freedom, whatever that looks like for you. You don't need to fit a stereotype or be at a low weight or even feel sick enough to get help. In fact, if any part of your life is compromised by disordered eating, you are sick enough and have every right to help. Whatever you're going through right now, please know that you are never alone. And I am so open to exploring how we can find freedom for you together. I have stood in your shoes and am so incredibly passionate about the power of lived experience. I thought that I was never going to get better. Yet here I am thriving. And if I can do it, so can you. During our time together, we will approach your recovery holistically. We'll explore what's holding you back, discover what you need, and unlock your full potential because you are so beautiful and unique, my friend. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call with me at livelabelfree.com forward slash schedule. That's livelabelfree, like the name of this podcast, dot com forward slash schedule. So that's S-C-H-E-D-U-L-E. I absolutely cannot wait to chat. Now let's get back to the episode. Now I am fully aware that rewiring your brain to face your fears is much easier said than done because there's a lot of things that I myself put off because I'm scared and I constantly have that devil on my shoulder whispering what if, what if, what if, and then the worst case scenario. But do you want to know something that my recovery taught me? And not only recovery, but also something that seeing my clients achieve what they first thought was absolutely impossible taught me, is that with commitment and persistence, anything is possible. And I know that sounds super cheesy, like they say, if You dream it, you can do it, and where there's a will, there's a way, but I mean, it is so true, and that is definitely a lesson that I learned from literally almost dying. And I'm not even exaggerating here because if you've read my story on my blog or just have been following my journey from the start, which I actually know there are a few listeners who go way back, I had a heart rate of less than 40 at the age of 17 and the treatment center I went to almost didn't accept me because of how critical a state I was in. But I was so incredibly committed to getting rid of this eating disorder for good. I was so incredibly committed to giving recovery my all and that burning tenacity, that fire in my soul, that is what truly saved my life. And that's also why one of my favorite quotes is that your mess will become your message. Because I swear hitting rock bottom and almost dying is the reason I am so confident and Seemingly fearless in taking risks now because I mean, if I can survive the biggest threat to survival, which is balancing on the edge of death, I mean, I can survive anything. My main message with this example is that you truly do have the choice to shift the narratives in your head. I mean, I was told I was going to die and I was told I was never going to get better, but that day I walked into treatment at the age of 17, I made a choice I made a choice to commit and I made a choice to give recovery my all and I'm not saying I didn't have a thousand eating disorders thoughts screaming at me each day I am not saying that it was easy because it was not easy and I did have a thousand thoughts screaming at me each day but even through these thoughts I kept choosing recovery And you always have that same choice too. You have the choice to either engage or reject the thoughts. And thus, you have complete control over your actions. Your eating disorder doesn't. You have complete control every single time. You have the choice to commit to recovery and to hold yourself accountable. Whether that be treatment, my coaching program, someone else's coaching program, signing up for my course. You can only change the narratives in your head if you actually take action. And yes, it will be hard and it will take a ton of energy in the beginning to get that momentum going. But that energy is an investment in creating new positive neural pathways that will eventually become habits and will replace the negative neural pathways that the eating disorder has created. And this is the reason why practicing gratitude every day is just so powerful because over time, your brain is actually learning to make the grateful thought the automatic thought. And the reason I say all this is because I believe there's this misconception that you need to change your thoughts before you can change your actions. But in fact, it's actually the opposite. Your brain learns from your actions, meaning that if you want to change your thoughts, so the eating disorder thoughts perhaps, you need to change your actions first. You need to go against the eating disorder behaviors first, for those new neural pathways to form. So, back to gratitude, what do you do when you're already grateful for all the future plans you've made in your head and then those plans just crumble after, in my case, hearing the same news on 10 different phone calls in one morning? Well, Here's where the plot twist comes in. If you follow me on Instagram, at Live free, like the name of this podcast, you probably know that my original plan coming back here to the Netherlands after my month-long trip to San Diego was to pack all my things and put it on a boat and push it away and then wait patiently for it to arrive three months later and just unpack and have my whole life just... Moved all the way across the country, or rather all the way across the world, because there's an ocean in there too. I had already accepted the fact that it was going to take time and I had already planned how I was going to pack all the things until I called a moving company and asked them for a quote and basically fainted after they told me what that quote was. Okay, well, I didn't faint, but I definitely had one of those jaw drop, what the fuck, how is that even possible moments? So, in the hopes this was just some weirdly crazy expensive company, I called another moving company, and another, and another. And quickly, I realized, if I wanted to execute my original plan, it would cost me over $4,000. And considering that is probably higher than the value of all of my belongings even combined... Except for, of course, my laptop and phone, maybe. I was like, okay, we need to figure out a a plan B, an alternative. And I thought I'd just sell all my big furniture and then put the remaining stuff in a couple boxes and put that on a boat. Like, that'll take up less space. Easy, right? So I did some more research, some more calling, asking if any companies could just maybe slide those boxes onto the boat and send them on their way. But nope, they don't do that. Or... They just didn't want to. And that's when I was just kind of in denial about reality, about everything, about that reality being the fact that I basically have to leave everything behind and can only go with a suitcase or two or maybe three. And of course, I'm going to bring my bike. (laughs) I got to admit, fear crept in and fear is still there. The anxiety was high, and the anxiety still is high. I was drowning in overwhelm and what-ifs, and honestly, I still kind of am. What if all my stuff doesn't fit? What if I can't sell all my furniture? What if, what if, what if? That is, again, when I reminded myself I have a choice. One quote that I heard on the What's Essential podcast, hosted by Greg McEwen, And I highly recommend that podcast, by the way. His quote was that the key to overthinking is to take action. And it's so simple, but like, wow, how powerful is that? It's also so in line with this theme of this episode regarding rewiring our brain because it is so true. We overthink things, expecting our brain to make a decision that we haven't even taught it to make yet. So, we continue thinking, and thinking, and thinking, and some more thinking, but our brain's thoughts are a direct reflection of our actions and our behavior. Like I said before, we must first take action for our brain to learn that this action can support the formation of a new thought, or scientifically speaking, a new neural pathway. And something that I've been conditioning my brain to do for years now is to look at life from a place of love versus a place of fear. So in this case, I thought, how can I view this new realization that I have to leave everything behind as an opportunity rather than a barrier? And that is when I realized if I have no stuff that has to be shipped anywhere, and I have all my belongings already with me in a couple of suitcases, that's when I realized, I can go wherever the hell I want. Why should I go back to San Diego if I can travel the world? If I can go visit places that I've always wanted to visit but never did due to monetary restrictions or eating disorder restrictions or travel restrictions in the case of COVID? My rental contract here in Holland is going to end October 1st, meaning after that, I can choose wherever I want to live, wherever I want to sleep, wherever I want to explore. Okay, so maybe this isn't going to be as far as traveling the world, but I decided to book my flight to, drumroll please, San Francisco, baby. And why? I don't know. I don't know why. It was a gut feeling, just like that month long trip to San Diego was, just like starting this podcast was, just like starting my coaching program and creating my online course was a gut feeling. I felt there was a need for these things, just like right now. There was a need for my soul to go to San Francisco. It's like it's pulling on me, you know? So within a week, I booked an Airbnb for three weeks in Oakland actually, which is just right of San Francisco. It's also in the Bay Area. And then I booked my flight, which by the way, is a direct flight from Amsterdam to San Francisco, which is so incredibly relieving because my flight to San Diego last month and then from San Diego back to Holland, was just honestly so exhausting because I flew via Dallas um, because apparently San Diego has like no direct flight from Amsterdam to San Diego. So I first had to fly to Dallas, Texas, which was like ten hours, and then I had to wait at Dallas Fort Worth Airport for like two hours, and then it was another four-hour flight from Dallas to San Diego Airport, and then I of course had to travel to my Airbnb from there and wake up super early. So I hadn't slept for like three. No, why am I saying three? I hadn't slept for like 30 hours. And I don't think I've ever felt that like dizzy because of exhaustion in my life. So positive news now is that my flight from Amsterdam to San Francisco will be less than 11 hours. So it's still a long flight, but definitely a lot better than not sleeping for 30 hours. (laughs) So right now I'm in the process of just getting rid of as much stuff as i can and propping my whole life into two suitcases and i now want to tell you how i've been approaching that because as you can imagine propping your whole life into two suitcases and getting rid of everything you've ever owned is not easy and that's why i want to talk about my new obsession for minimalism and just getting rid of stuff but before i do you may be wondering okay so you're gonna stay in an airbnb for three weeks But what are you going to do after that, Livia? And my answer to that question, my honest answer to that question is, I have no freaking clue. Yep, that's right. I'm going there for three weeks and after that, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And yeah, it's scary and it's uncertain and it's just giving me a lot of fearful thoughts not knowing where i'll end up but just like i said in the beginning of this episode it's also thrilling as hell it's an adventure and what's better than embarking on an adventure trusting that whatever happens is the best and most beautiful thing that could happen I want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about one of my absolute favorite ways to consistently nurse my body as a busy gal and that is with Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest is a plant-based meal delivery service that creates products built on fruits and veggies. With the fast pace of our lives nowadays, it can be so difficult to find the time to consistently hit up the farmer's market or stock up on fresh foods, let alone spend hours in the kitchen planning out your meals or cooking. But being busy or short on time is never an excuse to skimp out on fueling your body, especially if it can be as easy as having fresh food delivered straight to your doorstep. Whether you're craving a specific flavor, have dietary restrictions such as vegan, gluten-free, or paleo, Daily Harvest has got Joe back. From superfood smoothies to flavorful harvest bowls to veggie-packed flatbreads to opals to snack bites to vegan ice cream and so much more, Daily Harvest has over 85 options to choose from. I absolutely love the broccoli and cheese with a Z harvest bowl and the cauliflower and leek stew paired with some plant-based protein and toast for a satisfying lunch or dinner, or how about their carrot cinnamon smoothie that tastes like carrot cake for breakfast? Whether you are in need of a nutritious start to your day, an in-between meeting lunch, or are just feeling snacky for their bites, all Daily Harvest products are completely free of refined sugars, gluten. Fillers, preservatives, or artificial anything. You can now get up to forty dollars off Daily Harvest by using my code Live Label Free at checkout. Just head over to daily-harvest.com and use the code Live Label Free, like the name of this podcast, at checkout for up to forty dollars off your order. I have no doubt you'll love Daily Harvest as much as I do. Now let's get back to the episode. So here is where my minimalism adventure comes in, which by the way, I just stumbled upon because of this huge adventure that I had no idea that I could never predict if I thought that my plan was going to go as planned. So now that I knew I needed to get rid of stuff, I started googling how to declutter before a move and I came across all these posts and blogs and podcasts on minimalism. So I was like, what the heck is minimalism? I always thought it was for crazy people who just didn't want to own anything. I thought it was just people who lived in a tent and were like separated from technology and only owned like one t-shirt and one pair of pants and one toothbrush and a bed and they didn't want like anything else. But minimalism isn't about having nothing. It's actually about having what matters. It's about having only the things that add value to your life and getting rid of the rest. It's about getting rid of the fluff. So getting rid of the excess and being really intentional about your belongings and the things that you decide to bring in your life and also being intentional about what you decide to get rid of and really questioning, do I need this? Will this add value to my life? So I started following some of the tips I found online about minimalism such as going through your closet and getting rid of anything you haven't worn in the past three months or going through your kitchen drawer and getting rid of duplicates and to give an example here <laughs> I was going through my kitchen utensils and I came across like eight wooden spoons so like eight wooden cooking spoons and I was like why the fuck do I have eight of the same wooden cooking spoons? Like, I live by myself. I use a wooden cooking spoon, like, once a day or maybe twice a day to, like, stir my oatmeal or, like, make my pasta dinner. But, like, I will never need 8 of them. <laughs> even if one was dirty, like I may need like max 2, but I was like, why the fuck do I have 8? How did I even acquire this many? Anyways, I really <laughs> now I'm trying to be intentional about what I really need and I've just started putting the extra things, the things that don't add value to my life in boxes and if you follow me on instagram i am selling a ton of cute stuff on my stories from clothing to extra kitchenware and ceramics even so check them out if you're interested but seriously i had no idea that getting rid of stuff could be so satisfying it's now almost become a game for me like a, a personal challenge each day of what can i sort through and get rid of today Obviously I'm a total newbie to this whole minimalism thing, but it really made me realize that as a society, we have so much fucking stuff that we don't need because in reality, we don't need much. And this actually ties back to gratitude as I was talking about earlier, because when we're coming from a place of fear, this place of lacking, like we are in a deficit, We are in a scarcity mindset and we constantly will be looking for ways to fill that emptiness and to fill that void. And this totally reminds me of my eating disorder days when I would just hoard so much food, which again is completely logical from a biological perspective. Because when our brains perceive scarcity, when our brains think we're in a famine environment, which again I describe in my Biological Importance of Extreme Hunger episode, we will try and acquire resources to provide ourselves with a safety net. But hoarding food or compulsively shopping online for clothes, trying to fix this problem externally, it won't actually solve that inner feeling of scarcity because you really have to do the inner work both mentally and physically to gain this sense of abundance and to prove to your body that you're actually not in a famine environment and in the case of eating disorder recovery like I mentioned this is of course eating an abundant amount of food to prove to your body that it's not in a deficit but it's also mentally to prove to your survival brain that you're not in a famine environment and in the case of of everyday life and our materialistic society, I feel we really need to intentionally practice gratitude for what we already have. Because when you do that, you realize you actually have everything you need already within you. And unfortunately, this is so, so difficult difficult and almost impossible if living in our current day and age because our society revolves around capitalism and the way capitalism works is through growth of the big guys such as amazon facebook and google and the only way for these companies to grow and to continue growing is by making us the consumers feel like we are at a deficit that is how marketing works. It makes you believe that you are missing out if you don't buy the new skincare product or supplement or whatever it may be that you now feel you need. However, if you go inward and think, do I really need this? If you ask yourself that question, more often than not, you'll realize that the answer is that you really don't need that item. That new item won't add anything to your life. It adds clutter and ultimately it will never be enough how many items you even decide to buy because after you buy the new iPad you need the new iPad case and then when the newer iPad comes out two years later with the ultra panoramic camera and extra widgets, then you need that new iPad, and then you need the new iPhone, and then you need the new MacBook, and then you need the new CBD infused chocolate, because the dark chocolate you've already been buying for years then suddenly isn't good enough anymore. And of course I'm kidding here, but you know what I mean. And this totally goes for social media too, which is why I'm trying to get more into digital minimalism as well. Something that I've caught myself doing a lot lately is turning to Instagram and scrolling and liking and trying to come up with a post just to post as a way to procrastinate doing the harder tasks that actually are way more valuable and add way more value to you and also are just more fun for me. And those are things such as creating a podcast episode or working on my course or doing research that can support a science-based blog post. And the reason I procrastinate it and go on Instagram ties back to that fear of failure because it is so much scarier to invest your time in a podcast episode that has no guarantee of getting a lot of downloads than to spend the next three hours scrolling and liking Instagram, right? But again, Instagram or any other social media platforms they market themselves by making you feel like you're at a deficit or missing something if you're not on the app 24-7. But in all honesty, I don't want to be enslaved to an app. I don't want to be enslaved to technology. Sometimes I feel like I was born in the wrong generation because everything is now becoming digitalized and everything seems to just be about buying, buying, buying. Like. We can't even watch or listen to anything anymore without either having ads pop up continuously or paying a premium price to get rid of the ads. So in the end, you're like paying a price either way because if you're not paying for the product, the ad companies are paying for your time and now Instagram even wants you to start like utilizing the Creative studio via Facebook and I'm like, why do, why, do, why does this all have to happen? Why do I now have to manage my content through Facebook? Like, wow, slow down. I just want to say what I want to say and I just want to provide value to my community. But then I realized value can be provided in other ways than Instagram. Just listening to this podcast, for example, minimalism is all about adding more value with less fluff and i am so much more able to provide value to you when i'm not just on instagram to be on instagram so i want to ask you what's the most valuable thing you've ever found of mine the most valuable piece of content you've ever consumed the most valuable piece of content you ever think i've put out I bet it wasn't some random post on my Instagram profile or if it was, probably this was just a summary or synopsis of a blog post or a podcast or a YouTube video or something else I did that was much bigger than an Instagram post because it's not the short, character-limited or time-restricted IG content that provides the most value. It's my podcasts, my YouTube videos, my blog posts, my upcoming course, my coaching program, Everything that I'm super intentional about, that is where you'll find the most value. And honestly, that's where I put in the most effort as well. I think what I'm basically trying to say here is I'm almost trying to write myself a permission slip to set more boundaries with social media because my ultimate goal is to provide you with value. And I do that best when I don't feel pressured I do that best when my cup is filled, not drained by the constant comparison trap I fall in as soon as I open the Instagram app on my phone. And I feel like we all fall into that comparison trap. I mean, it's just human nature. Because even though we may think more followers or more likes or more money or more stuff will make us feel good enough, I want to remind you that no external thing will ever make you feel good enough because you already are good enough just the way you are. You are so incredibly valuable and the world needs you. And the world doesn't need you looking a certain way. It doesn't need you with the popular YouTube channel. It doesn't need you with the millions of Instagram followers. It doesn't need you with the perfect diet. The world needs you as you are, you in your fullest potential, you as your fullest authentic self. So with that said, something I would love is if you could choose to get rid of one thing today, whether that be a material object such as a wooden cooking spoon or maybe a t-shirt. Did I just say (laughs) t-shirt? I meant t-shirt or you could say shorts. (laughs) I just mismatched them together. But maybe you want to get rid of something in a way that means unfollowing someone that doesn't add value to your life and just makes you feel shitty about yourself every time you see them post on Instagram. And after you've done that, send me a DM on Instagram what that action is, whether it was a material item that you got rid of or maybe a person that you said that you needed to set boundaries with. Just send me a DM on Instagram, whatever that was. And if you got value from this episode, Please, please, please screenshot it and share it on your IG stories. And don't forget to tag me at Live Label Free. And as usual, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could give this podcast a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people to find the show organically and get value from my work because my mission is to provide only value without the fluff because we have enough crap around us already. So that's all I have for you today my friend. I am so 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 grateful to have you on this journey with me and I hope that the journey that you're on is looking bright and beautiful because I promise whatever path you're on right now that is exactly where you are supposed to be. So with that said I'm going to wrap this up. Bye bye! (music)